You know what I like about the Vectrix AC? Uh-huh. It's Vectorific. Oh, no. Don't do this. It's Vectastic. No, don't. Vectric. No. Vectratastical. No, you're way off. It's Vectrexcellent. Ah, there you go. That's a good one. Ah, <sighs> fine. I'm John from Game Life Balance US, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready, because geekiness commences in 3, 2, 1... Lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 71 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by the bloke who threw his shoe at George W. Bush, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. Yeah, it was last week. (laughs) Turns out the guy needed shoes. I threw one, he caught it. I threw another one, he caught that one too. I threw a third shoe. That was a clog. Yeah. I got him. And now I'm in jail. <laughs> he was just down at Tuggers wearing a pair of thongs and you just took it upon yourself to... Well, I was, I was in a generous mood. Yeah. And you know, speaking of shoes, this is way off topic already. Oh, yeah, I want to stick on topic of you throwing shoes at George W. Bush for as long <laughs> as possible. But all right, I'll, I'll allow you to diverge. Oh, yeah. So I was actually... After I threw the shoes at uh, George W. Yep, as we like to call him. Uh, yeah, well... We coined that term ourselves. That's how. Yep. Patent pending. <laughs> Imagine if you could patent patent, patent a nickname. <laughs> patent George W. 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 And then we, you, CNN would have to pay his rights, damn it. <laughs> I, I mean, nobody talks about him anymore because, like, you know, there's a new evil in town. But <laughs> let's just say someone someone makes him pale in comparison. <laughs> let's go back. <laughs> let's go back to 2006. Remember when he was reading that storybook to children and then the planes hit the building? Yeah. Yeah. Go uh, back to 2006 and go, hey guys, guess what? You get a brief reprieve with someone better, and then someone much, much worse. And they'll go, wait, wait, hang on. Someone worse than this? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But we'll let it be a surprise. You know, yeah. Look, Let's it, just say it rhymes with dump. <laughs> oh, yes. Monkus Mump. Oh, I hate that guy. Yeah. Damn that Marcus. Anyway, I was... How about glorious president? <laughs> Marcus Mump, we salute you. I will always raise a flag to Marcus Mump. <laughs> I just love this guy. Uh, mentioning that he has a handlebar moustache for some reason. And a top hat. Yeah, he basically looks like one of those old photos of like, you know, like one of those presidents from from the, the past that you just don't remember at all. Like, he, uh, he looks like the kind of person who would tie someone to a railroad track. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's like it's Calhoun or something, you know, or like <laughs> like um, William Henry Harrison. Or like one of I died in 30 days. That's right. That's the only thing I know about that guy. And that's from The Simpsons. The Simpsons told me everything I know about America. Yeah, basically me too. So uh, America is not great, as no, far as I can tell. Apparently, it's all going to the dogs. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of going to the dogs, I went to the Nike store the other day. Oh, God. All right, good. I, I, you're well known for, for loving all things Nike. Yeah, I... See, I you actually... drape yourself uh, in Nike gear. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Not like Nike so much, but <laughs> I do need a pair of shoes mm-hmm. that are not sketches. Hmm. Like a pair of shoes, like casual shoes that actually look half decent yeah after Sketches you threw them at look... George W. Bush you needed a new exactly this is where I was going with this 
See, it all ties into a neat little bow. We can end the podcast early, you lucky sods. Perfect. Do you imagine if we did that? I would love it. <laughs> no, but imagine if we just stopped now. We just left an hour and yeah. 12 minutes silence. Yeah, because we'd have to do that, otherwise people would know. Yeah. So. And then we just start up again? Yes. I love this. I think this is a great idea. So, basically... I went into the Nike store and I was looking around and I had a pair of Nike shoes that I got for my Marty McFly costume Mm -hmm. that I wore. And I kind of liked them. Like after I wore them in, they were kind of nice. But then I realized, oh, if I ever need to cosplay as Marty McFly again, I actually need to save these shoes. Mm. I don't want to wear them out. Yeah, yeah. So I went back and I kind of went, no, my my old, like those Marty McFly shoes, as awesome as they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, my toes were pretty much right at the end. Okay. So I went back and looked on the inside of the the, the, the tongue mm. of the shoe to see what size they were. And uh, much to my horror, they were size 13. Wow, okay. So I went back to the Nike store, just looking for a nice casual pair of shoes that didn't look just completely black and boring like sketches. Mm. Although mm. sketches are very comfortable, I will admit. Mm. Um, and figured out that I am... Actually, in fact, according to Nike, mm-hmm. a size 14. Wow. Now, I think maybe they do, I don't know, like some kind of generous sizing to make yourself feel bigger or something. <laughs> this is not a good thing because it limits you dramatically. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I basically had six pairs of shoes to choose from and I was just going to give up, but I actually found a really nice pair with, like, kind of like a grey mesh with, like, fluoro pink laces. Ooh. Which, I don't know, I think is kind of cool and yeah. kind of 80s. So, I, I picked those up. Nice. So... Oh, yeah, I can see I'm looking at them now. I'm just... Like, you think having big feet... Oh, my God, big feet, cool. No, not cool. It's incredibly limited mm. in size, in... Not in, in... In just the way that you can pick out other shoes. Very narrow selection, just like the Vectrex. That's right. I tied it all back. Today, yeah. we are talking about the Vectrex. You did it, AC. Well done. So, what I've heard about the Vectrix AC, yep. what I've heard and experienced this uh, this, this, this very evening, mm-hmm. is that the Vectrix uses something called vectors to make the pictures on the screen. And that's different to pixel graphics. It is indeed. So, for all those who don't know the Vectrex, and I should uh, front load this with, today we are doing a system review of yes. the Vectrex uh, console itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a standalone device, uh, what you would call, uh, I suppose you'd call it a bar top arcade. Yeah. So it's about, um, I don't know, what do you say, about a foot tall? Yeah, that's about right. Half a foot wide? Yeah. It's uh, like most arcades of the game, it is in portrait mode, not landscape mode. Mm. It is basically a CRT monitor, Mm. about, I don't know, six or seven inches across, diagonally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe a bit more than that. Yeah, it's nine inches high, mm-hmm. and oh god, I don't know how many inches wide. I, yeah, look, I'm going to say six. So it is a a um, it's a very beautiful device in its own way. Yeah. But basically, it's got a little clip at the front where you unclip the controller, and it's got like an old telephone style um, loop cable, mm. and it's got a joystick. <clears throat> A recenterable joystick. In other words, it's it's an analog stick 
which re-centers itself. It's got springs in it. Yeah. And four giant buttons. So it looks like an arcade. Yeah. So I say bar top arcade because there are many different kinds of arcades. Uh, this wouldn't have been called a bar top arcade back then because they didn't really exist. Mm, mm. But uh, this is something that would sit very proudly on someone's bar. Um, it's yeah. basically like a self-contained arcade system for the home, and that's exactly what it was marketed as. Yeah, kind of like an early, like a sort of the way, the way that Neo Geo <clears throat> tried to be that. You know, like the, the home version of the Neo Geo was like, hey, here's an arcade machine in your house. Yeah, except it didn't come with an arm, you know, with a CRT monitor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a diff- yeah this is actually... You're right. It's like a cabinet. It is basically it's a self-contained. A, it's a very small cab. Yeah, and it's. I think it's beautiful. Uh, it looks a little bit just like a small television, but mm. inside has a CRT that does vector graphics. Yeah. So this is different from normal CRTs, mm-hmm. uh, which is why these things are getting very rare now. Mm. Is that rather than populating everything with pixels Mm. um, or lines scan lines um, interlacing lines as you would a normal CRT Mm. this draws vectors there is a little CRT gun at the back which draws A to B to C to D and can draw multiple at the same time Mm. so you're getting this sort of like it's basically all line based it's all geometry yeah so it's one of the limitations of the system but also one of the things that is very distinctive about it and gives it gives it its own unique Mm. kind of aesthetic so there's no circles so to speak no if you wanted a circle (laughs) you'd have to do like so many tiny little lines that you know it would be like a big like hexagon or something or uh like a what do you call it like a polygon or something yeah basically yeah and it's look this thing is is something unto itself it uh was released in 1982 by Mm. general consumer electrics not electronics electrics i do believe uh and it it did okay it did okay enough for them to be bought out by milton bradley in 83 that's right yeah and uh, it's a bit of a shame because it was only a year or so after that that um, the, vi- the big video game crash basically wiped the Vectrix out along with a whole lot of other systems that were quite popular at the time. It, it seemed that, that Milton Bradley um, was, looking at the, was looking at the books and just decided, oh, that's what happened, sorry. Um, Hasbro merged with uh, Milton Bradley yeah. around this time. And I guess the new kind of management or whatever took a look at the numbers and decided, look, let's axe this thing because yeah. it cost a fortune to develop and we're not making a lot of money on... It's not it's not selling, essentially. No, no, it was down to $49 in America before mm. it um, it was finally pulled off the shelves. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a magical device in a lot of ways to have something like this and for it to be vector-based mm. in your home. Is this the only... Uh, this might be a too hard a question for you, mm-hmm. but it seems to me that this is the only sort of like mainstream vector graphics home console that yeah, you could, that, you yeah. know, that ever existed really. Basically, yes. Yeah. It's just the Vectrex and like, I think you might be able to do, it's like some people can do funky stuff and in an oscilloscope yeah. basically. But other than that, this thing is uh, very, very unique. Mm. Um in case you're wondering, it does have a Motorola 68A09, mm-hmm. so part of the 6800 series. That was a chip that was used for a bunch of different days. things. Yeah, it was. This one was uh, was kind of famous for being used in Joust, so it's a 1. megahertz microprocessor. Mm-hmm. It's also got one kilobyte of RAM Ooh. as well, 8K of ROM, and uh, the cartridge ROM was 32 kilobytes. So, look, it's, it's not massive, but... For Vectrex, it calculates things in a very different way. Mm-hmm. So 
it can make the vectors brighter, darker. You can shoot things and they fade as they kind of get out into the distance. Mm. And this, of course, means that games can be very fast. Yeah, that's right. I think that's one of the most noticeable things is just the mm. speed at which things move on the screen. Yeah. Potentially, not always. It's not like it's always fast. No, 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 no. But when it wants to, mm. it can move very quickly and it, and it holds it together really well. It looks great. Like very smooth motion. Yeah. Uh, it's, very, it's really noticeable. And um, so... Basically, because there are no pixels that has to generate every single screen, mm. this thing actually has a little bit of scrolling capabilities, which was pretty unheard of in 1982 on a home console. Mm. So mm. it's um, not completely unheard of, but it, it, it kind of works in its own way, really. Like, uh, we'll go into some of that. One mm. of the, the Vectrex's kind of biggest... Uh, claims to fame i suppose you could mm. say is that it it is a black and white monitor yeah when, however when you buy a game it comes with a big plastic color overlay which you just kind of pop right onto the screen yeah, to make yeah. it look like color mm. and that's it's it's very kitsch that aspect of it it is it is you know like it's just there's something cute about the fact that, you know, you slap this piece of cellophane or whatever, basically. <laughs> it's not the cellophane, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's transparent. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, you've got this, like, colourful screen. It's, it's sort of, like, archaic and, like, what's the word? Obsolete, but in this way that's just charming i think in 2018 like it is very charming yeah it is it is a it is something else it's something out of the past it is i i was looking for one of these things for quite a while and mm. I, I got one mm. and it came in such a big box and it, it cost me it wasn't as expensive as i thought it was going to be mm. um but mind you i saw this and jumped on it straight away basically mm. uh, and i got it and i turned it on and nothing happened for a good 30 seconds i went oh god did it break mm. and then there's this so this thing has a very loud buzzing sound as well and a lot of these had a flaw mm. where the graphics was too close to the sound when it was generating the graphics um, the gun at the back firing off yeah like there was some issue they didn't ground it properly or something yeah, so it was so close to the speaker that it creates interference and yeah. it's a very audible buzz for the sound mm. but I like it I really like it yeah, it's like an iconic sort of feature of the Vectrix is that, yeah. that that buzzing sound. It sort of sounds like someone standing behind you going with their with yeah. their lips, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it, look, yeah. it is it is what it is. Like it, it's a fascinating piece of tech. It's probably one of the more interesting pieces in my collection. Definitely. And I do actually have some games for it. So we'll go through them quickly. Sure. Um, the first one is the built-in game, and that is possibly one of the best things about this is that it came with a built-in game yeah and it is probably based off let's say cloned yeah. from one of the most iconic vector-based games ever it's a spiritual successor <laughs> it's a clone yeah it's a clone of asteroids yeah so basically this is called mindstorm mm-hmm. so you get this nice big ship that kind of goes off. Big wireframe ship that seems to sort of retreat into the distance. Yeah, and then it leaves all these mines. They're just pinpricks, basically. Like, yeah. just like little what look to be like pixels. Mm. And then they are basically in the background. They get closer to you and expand into mines, which you have to blow up. They spin off into... They break apart, and then you have to kill all the remnants. Yeah, the mines like kind asteroids. of look, They kind of look like big... They're kind of like big shuriken-looking. Like, they turn into kind of star shapes and like mm. sort of weird geometrical like pointy shapes and they sort of come at you and you blow them up and yeah it's very much 
asteroid that your ship looks extraordinarily like the asteroid ship. It's almost one-to-one. This the- thing does everything the asteroid ship can do, which is it shoots. Mm-hmm. You can fire your uh, retro rocket so you can kind of go a short distance. Yeah, it turns on a dime as well. Yep. Um, very, very quick. And, mm-hmm. of course, you can warp to different places on the screen randomly. Mm. So, look, it's a fun game, and it's yeah. a great game to have built into a Vectrix-based system. If you only have that game... You know, it'd be very expensive to have, but it's mm. still a good game. It's got a nice little overlay as well, a nice blue overlay yep. with a grid on I, it. I do have that blue overlay, and it, that had something to it, I think. It does. I think because the, the thing with the vectors that it's hard to explain until you see it in front of your face, really, yeah. is that they, it, it's got this great glow to it. Um, and, and that glowing light of the vectors looks even better through a, a blue um, overlay. overlay. So, yeah. yeah. That is the thing. Like you, Like, people might be able to reproduce um, vectors in programs and on new TVs but there is something magical about having an actual vector based CRT mm. like the way it glows it's just something special about yeah. it yeah if you've ever seen an oscilloscope it's that it's yeah. that it's that wonderful glow it's yeah it's really hard to say it's got a trace pattern and everything you have to go and see one for Mm. yourself folks okay so the next (laughs) uh, game we played was hyper chase yeah which was a it's a racing game now that was really cool i spent a bit of time with that you did yeah um that game's fascinating because what it basically is is like a lot of these early racing games it's like a sort of pseudo 3d or it's it's like faux 3d it's trying Mm. to trick you into thinking that it's 3d so you've got the uh, like a what do you call it like a perspective thing where yeah. you, you've got a vanishing point on the horizon and the, and the road kind of comes out of that hmm. and you're moving you're moving sort of through this wireframe terrain along this road and there's cars coming it's kind of like you know Chase HQ or one of those early Something racing like that, games yeah. I mean it's, it's all vector based so there's mm. nothing round in there but yeah it's impressive because the sense of speed is really good because um, once you because I was playing it for a long time in first gear I didn't mm. realise that you could actually change gear once I realised that the game got very you just kind of shot off fast yeah. like, oh my god this is like Actually, the, sen- the sense of speed is impressive yeah, you have a timer you're meant to avoid cars and avoid the side of the road hmm. which this is one of those games where the with the analogue stick is actually really touchy. Yeah. Like you do not need to move it much. You no. just kind of waggle it a little bit from side to side. Yeah. It kind of controls a little bit like um, one of those tube shooters. Like, mm. uh, what's, you know, what, what's, what's a tube? I can't think of it off the top of my head now. Uh, Tempest. Tempest, thank you. Yeah, it controls a bit like that. Mm. What's really cool is that as you're driving along, it actually has some like interesting like environmental things. So as you, the, to start with, you're driving along and there's trees on the side of the road yeah. and they're kind of shaped like, a, like pine trees. Yeah. Kind of like a Christmas tree cookie cutter you know yeah, yeah. that's how it looks but then you start to get telegraph poles and other and then bushes on the side of the road and then at one point i went through a tunnel and it looked really pretty impressive like a wireframe mm. tunnel that's cool it looked good yeah it was convincing um you know you know what you're looking at look because there's no colors and there's no shading and there's no details yeah it had to do what it had to do with what it had available so that wireframe look actually kind of appealing mm. and, and that game was great for that sense of speed i i did find it a bit too squirrely on the controls. It is. It's, it's very... You, you need a lot of finesse. Mm. The third game we played was Starship. Now, Starship is actually based off a licensed game. Uh, the license I've never really heard of before. It's something called... Um, I've written it down here. Star Trek. Oh, Star Trek. 
Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, mm. with um, it's got that um, Professor Smock. Oh yeah, uh, with yeah, the big yeah. ears it's and the that, nose. That pointy-eared guy. Yeah, <laughs> what a wacky character. And the guy who sleeps with everyone. I think his name was Bones. <laughs> that's got to be the name who sleeps with everyone, right? Bones. Yeah, Makes Jim, sense. Jimmy Bones. Jimmy Bones. Love that guy. Classic Star Trek character. <laughs> so this was based off Star Trek. Uh, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> they had the license. The license expired. Uh-huh. So all they did was change the title from Star Trek to Starship. Mm. When you play this, it's the same game. You still <laughs> see the um, the Klingon, I think they're called Birds of Prey. Yeah. I think this is an actual, I think that's what they're called. Mm. I, I'm pretty sure they're Klingon ships in any case. Yeah, scenario. they have that kind of like M-shaped look. Yeah. Or inverted W kind of, yeah. So it's... This is like it's basically first person space shooter. I mm. suppose very basic. Um, this one's probably the most boring game that I own. I think it. I think yeah. it sold well because it was Star Trek, though. It had promise, I guess, because mm. like, like oh, a space shooter. That sounds cool. But actually playing it, it's not as great as you think. No. Yeah. The next game we played, though, Fortress of Nazol. That was that was interesting. Mm. That was a cool kind of shooter. I suppose you'd describe it as a vertical shooter. Yeah. Where, But it was limited by the fact that it looks like you're... It doesn't move or scroll, mm. but there's like just a one singular path. You're on like a mountain. And there's one singular path where enemies are coming out of a gate and you need to shoot the enemies. Yeah. Now, the um, I suppose the gimmick to this game is that all of the shots... Mm bounce off the walls the, at the sides of this path yeah it kind of reminds like it kind of reminds me a bit of like a like a mini golf like you know you got that kind of like a, a pathway with walls yeah and you can bounce your ball off it it's it kind of reminded me of, of mini golf a bit it is yeah. there is something about that as well like um it's actually a difficult game mm. because if you miss enemies they just kind of huddle around at the bottom yeah. And you need to be able to refract shots backwards behind you, get out of the way in time and shoot them when they're in a particular spot. Yeah, that's quite tricky. Yeah. As like, we found out. It is a good game uh, and it was fun. Mm. Now, I should say for Fortress of Nazal, Starship and Hyper Chase, I do not have the overlays. I only have the cartridges, so we just played them in black and white. Mm. Those last two games, though, I do have the overlays. Mm-hmm. So the next game we played was Clean Sweep. Yeah. And that was interesting because Rob was like trying to figure out what it was before, it, while it was warming up, basically. Yeah, because I, I saw the overlay yeah. and I saw the cartridge and it had this sort of like a dollar sign and had this like, it just, it gave me this vibe that it was going to be like a casino game. And I think the name Clean Sweep kind yeah. of suggested to me something gambling related. So mm. I was like, oh, is this going to be like a, I don't know, like a roulette thing or like a, some kind of like, um, I don't know, like a maybe a pinball or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I was sorely mistaken because <laughs> what it actually is is a Pac-Man clone. Yeah, it's a it's a maze chase game. Yeah. So basically, I think you are meant to be like a little vacuum cleaner hoovering up all of these dots, which is meant to be money. And yeah. then you get to a certain size where you can't hoover up anymore. Mm. And then you have to go through the center space, which is on the overlay like yellow, where you dr- basically drop everything off and you shrink back down to size. Mm. And then you go and collect the rest of these until you're big again. Yeah. Now, there are four what look to be like scissors <laughs> yeah. kind of snipping around the board yeah, yeah. and where the power pills would normally be in Pac-Man there are just rooms which you go in and then you get supercharged and mm. then you can kill them but the door shuts behind the door you shuts, yeah so you can only use four just like in, in Pac-Man so yeah, yeah. I suppose like the, the difference between this and Pac-Man other than being vector based is that you have to drop off 
things in the middle square. Yeah. It's also a kind of a panic room as well, as you said. Yeah, because you can go into that middle square and the and the I'm going to use the word ghosts for want of a better term. Yeah, they can't get in. Yeah, so you can kind of just sit there and wait for them to go away and then and then emerge at a convenient moment. Uh, Look, this this was a fun game, but. I suppose it's fair to say that it didn't need to be a vector-based game. No. Like, it's like it's not a bad Pac-Man clone, but it doesn't need to be... It's just like a... Because this is meant to be an arcade in the home, mm. they didn't just do vector-based games. They tried to do just normal games that everyone would want to play as well. Yeah, like yeah. More general focus games. I think it's probably... A- in 82 it's probably a smart thing to have a Pac-Man clone on your system I think so just in case just in case um, yeah that was decent that's not look far from the worst Pac-Man clone I've played yeah me too uh, the last game we played uh, was Konami's 1981 arcade smash hit mm-hmm. it was a very popular game back in the day Scramble yeah which is basically um, a side scrolling horizontal shooter yeah and this is one of those games where you shoot everything in front of you Mm. um, but you also have to bomb fuel to get more fuel otherwise you crash yeah you got this fuel like it's like a little uh, like a bar Mm. that kind of just slowly shrinks and uh, yeah if you hit the right if you hit like a fuel dump or whatever they're called um then yeah, it's somehow somehow blowing up the fuel gives you more fuel. I don't know how that works, but yeah, it's it's one of those weird video gamey things. Yeah, yeah. But this is a really fun game. Mm. Once again, probably doesn't need to be on the Vectrex, but mm. when you think about it, the Vectrex may have been the only home console back in 1982 that could have handled Scramble that well because it is side scrolling. There's a lot happening on screen. There's lots of things going on. I don't think an Atari or a, or a ColecoVision, I might be wrong there, uh, could handle Scramble. Yeah, look, my limited understanding is that scrolling was very difficult hmm. and that. Um, Even kind of, this is kind of faux scrolling because yeah, you really. Yeah, it's vectors. It's not really like the same as having a big pixel art. Yeah. Like world that mm. that the, the, the screen kind of moves through but um if that's the, even the right way to describe mm. it but uh it's like a maths tricking you to thinking that it's scrolling basically but yeah i mean i works. suppose i suppose river raid for the 2600 was a vertical scrolling yeah. in a lot of ways yeah yeah this is this is just so smooth it's so mm. impressive mm. Uh, and it's just fun it's just a fun game to play yeah it was probably the one i enjoyed the most and it, it had out of all the games we played it was the one that felt like it had the most mechanics and different sort of gameplay elements and stuff like the most complex game that we played um although you know i don't want to overcook it it's not it's a pretty simple game just compared to you know um clean sweep or whatever it's, yeah it, it's complicated uh so those are the games we played um there are 29 games in the system for all i oh. have one two three four five six so you have like you have like uh 20 of the entire vectrix library yeah with one being built in yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay so that doesn't really and three yeah. overlays look um some of them aren't they're not that expensive online but getting both the overlay and the cartridge together Mm. can get very pricey because everyone knows that's what you want yeah um and there were also a number of peripherals released for the system um basically there was a 3d imager Oh wow! And a 3D pen. So basically, <laughs> like there was an like something you basically put on your face or your head, where you drew, and you could play. There were like three games, two or three games that were in 3D, and, and apparently it looked pretty impressive. Like vector graphics in 3D sounds. I don't know. Yeah, so, some some. some 
maybe the Virtual Boy. A long time before the Virtual Boy, but yeah, that's you don't have cool. to, you know, strap a whole thing to your head. Yeah, it's just a pair of goggles. Like this, 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 and this sort of. I hear what you're saying about it being beautiful, but it is essentially like a big cube, <laughs> like is, a yeah. big oblong sort of. It's, it's not portable, but hey, compared to the uh, the Virtual Boy, it's it's very convenient. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I would go as far as to say that this thing is more portable than the Virtual Boy because it's actually it kind of is. It kind of is. It's actually got a very neat handle at the back. It's not that heavy, uh, and there was a pen, so you could actually draw lines on the Vectrex oh, wow. screen itself and they would stay on there. That's so cool. The, the Vectrex gun would basically trace your pen, which was really impressive. Um, of course, this didn't sell well. Uh, it was all discontinued. Yeah. And because it's CRTs and CRTs all eventually die, mm. um, these things are getting rarer and rarer and harder to get in working condition. Yeah. Which is sad because it's difficult to get a CRT monitor. It's even more difficult to get a vector-based CRT monitor. Mm. So... I'd say, um, with all that in mind, Robbie. Yeah. Uh, would you recommend the system? Oh, look. With the, with a system review, it's we're in a different space in a way because we really are. Because it's and and especially with a rare and increasingly expensive system. Mm. So I'm I'm not going to recommend people go out and buy one, but I think people should experience. I would recommend people experiencing a vector game. At some point, whether it's going to some sort of arcade, you know, um, conference or, or um, you know, like California Extreme, that kind of thing, you know, a scene where people get together and, and play arcade games. Or if you have like a good local arcade that has vector machines, hmm. it's really worth seeing a vector graphics game in person to get it to really understand why yeah aesthetically it just looks so cool uh, we've been gushing a bit about vector yeah. graphics and you might because if you see it at first inspection they're basically just very boring non-pixelated straight lines yeah connecting but, it, but it's that it's the glow and it's yeah. the way they move it's yeah. that fast motion and that glow mm. that retro glow ac There's something something about it it's something about it right yeah. and, and i so i do recommend people go out and 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 check out Try and find a Vector game somewhere in your life. And and if Vectrix is the most convenient option, if you have, let's say, a crazy person that you who, who's a good friend of yours that, that put, spends the money to buy one of these things, <laughs> um, then, then definitely hit them up, have a go of it, because it's something that you need to see to understand. So I definitely recommend people checking it out, but not necessarily throwing down... I mean, how much do these things go for these days, AC? All right. Well, you can you can throw, throw it to me. Throw to you, AC. So, yep, yep. Throw to me. Okay. So, before I give you my recommendation, I've been looking it up on eBay. Mm-hmm. In Australia, there is one for $850. God damn. <laughs> to be fair, it is working, and it does come with three boxed games and four loose games. Okay. So, it's... That's pretty close to what you've got. It's close. Yeah. Um, it, this one also comes with two controllers. Ooh. This does actually have... Um, support for that oh we can clean sweep it up in two player mode it is worth saying that a a mega drive controller will work on this yeah that's an interesting fact because the you said the the, the pins are the same yeah it's a nine pin and it basically works the same way fascinating um internationally they they go for about five hundred dollars uh in the box some Mm. of them Mm. um yeah look a lot of them i can't say for america but they're kind of all around the $500 marks. So, like, conversion moment. rate would probably be something like 400 American or something About like that? that. Yeah. yeah that's moment. a significant amount of money to shell out for a, 
a very like a very obviously obsolete video game console. So I got mine three um, years ago, and mm. I got mine. It was a fraction of the price of that. I would I could not throw that amount of money down. Mm. I was very lucky to get what it was. Yeah, uh, and it, it was like just base, the basic package. It wasn't in the box or anything, but it mm. was working, and that's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I still just turn this thing on and I still show it off to friends hell if you're in Canberra drop by and I'll show it to you because mm. it's, it's really worth checking out definitely so my my recommendation is if you come across one and it's not too expensive and you're a retro enthusiast yeah basically if you're me buy it <laughs> <laughs> you've already done that so well done you've- yeah uh, <laughs> Basically, there are a few retro enthusiasts. I'm just saying that it is a it is a fascinating, it's a fun piece of kit. Yeah, that's what it what it comes down to. And, and it's just, everyone I've showed it to mm. is skeptical, and then they play it and go, "Wow, this is fascinating." Yeah, you know, and it's fun. The games are fun. Definitely. All right, so, let's move on to our game life balance segment. We could keep talking about Vectrex. We could like all night. I kind of want to. So, Rob. Yes. I hear there has been a game mm-hmm. that has come out recently. Yeah. For the major two powerful consoles, PS4 and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. 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 Called. Yes. Strawberry Shortcake's Adventures in Ponyland. Oh, man. I'm loving it. <laughs> 30 hours in, dude. 30 hours? i got to tell you. Oh, my God. Have you got the magical unicorn yet? Mate. I've got three magical units. Oh, there's three. I thought there yeah. was only two. Well, like, so one is like a DLC you get for buying it on day one. Oh, but, you've but, got the pre-order yeah, special. Yeah. Oh, but, it's a pink. It's got to be pink. But no, I I, um, I unlocked <gasps> the secret unicorn. Oh, that yeah. strawberry shortcake. She's a goer. Yeah, man. <laughs> Tell me about it. I was thinking on my feet so bad then. Yeah. I was thinking, what what is like the most innocent childhood thing that I can think of that you mm. would probably have no idea about? And you ran with it, and I really appreciate that. <laughs> Just look. But we got back to horses, and then I'm sure by that we are going to get to Red Dead Redemption Deuce. That's right. I actually saw an article saying that this is the highest selling day one release for any kind of media ever. Okay, so last time um, that happened was... Um, GTA 5? Yeah, GTA 5. <laughs> I remember them saying the exact same thing back then. Look, man, Rockstar have earned a reputation for producing good games. I and think. Uh, forcing their employees to work unpaid overtime. Yay! Hey, look, look, I think they should have whipped those guys a bit harder. They made the game even better. <laughs> Imagine, imagine coming to work for, for ACRB <laughs> Studios. <laughs> that's what our old production company was called, actually, that's, ACRB that, Productions. That's yeah, right. We will whip you. We whipped Chad. He's <laughs> dead. Yeah. We, we didn't even get a game out of him. No. Look, we just did it for fun. Um, yeah, man. Look, I, I think it's fair to say that, that Rockstar does have a reputation for releasing games that are good. And, like, I'm never, I'm never one to suggest pre-ordering, and I didn't pre-order this game. I did wait till it came out, but I didn't actually read reviews. I went out and bought it on the assumption that it would be good, which is very dangerous. And I do not recommend people do that. But my bet turned out to be a safe one. Yeah, look, it's pretty... I think you know what you're getting. Yeah. I mean, look, sometimes games come out and they're broken as all fuck and, like, you know, just buggy and terrible. Or, like, you know, there was a recent Mass Effect game that springs to mind. But, um, you know, (laughs) like, for the most part, like, especially Rockstar has a really good track record. And the thing is, like, yes. The other thing about Red Dead is it seemed to really strike a chord. The first game, 
Um, very, very popular game, very fondly remembered. So I'm not surprised that, that when this game came around, there was a lot of um, excitement. I actually stayed away from the hype train on this one. I, I didn't watch any videos. I didn't watch any, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, um, pre-release, like, gameplay stuff or anything like that. Hmm. I've really tried to go in blind with this game. So I went in. The only thing I knew about this game, really, was that it was a, a prequel to the first game. And that the character, the main character in the first game, turns up in this game. But kind that of was appears. it. Yeah, that was all I knew because I, I really I went out of my way to like avoid knowing anything about it, which yeah. is something I do a lot when 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 a game has really got me excited. I um I try to go black a bit. Yeah, no, it's fair and enough. It worked out really well because it's you know I didn't know what to expect and 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 I have look spoilers. I had a good time with it so far. Um, How many hours have you played? Could you estimate? Look, I put a lot of hours into that game over the weekend but I haven't played it since I think I'm maybe around 15-20 hours in 15? maybe yeah so significant significant amount of time like I did spend like pretty much all the Friday night and all Saturday playing that game so that would probably tally up to about 15 hours um yeah uh it's it's good <laughs> <laughs> look, okay, look, for those who don't know, it's it's set in the Old West, but in the at the end of the Old West, 1899. Um, this right is when, a prequel, though, isn't it? Yes, to... yeah, because Red Dead is actually set in the 20th century, so yeah. it's actually set, like... It, in, the very dying days before World well, War One, isn't it? I would say that it's actually probably, like, I actually had some issues with the fact that they set it that late. Hmm. Um, I mean, I know the, the, the very last sort of, like, well-known gunslingers and, and, and outlaws from the Old West were... Um, Probably, um, uh, what's his name? The Sunshine Kid and what's the other guy's name? Um, Butch. Butch, Butch Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah. yeah. So those guys were out robbing <clears throat> trains and doing shit like that yeah. in the same time frame as Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay. So I wasn't too, I was like, I looked that up and I was like, okay, all right, this is not. Like, Red Dead Redem- Redemption 2, not 1. Yeah, 1 is set in like 1903 or 1904 mm. or even later. <clears throat> I can't remember exactly, but certainly it's in the 20th century. Um, this game is set. A few years back, and you're you're a member of the same gang. That you're a different character, though, aren't you? Yeah, you're a different character. You're Arthur Morgan, I think is his name. Um, and look, we'll get into the plot a bit later because I have some. That's probably the one area that thoughts. It's the one area where I probably have some slight concerns yeah. about about the game. Um, but the gameplay itself is, is is just fantastic, and it's giving me that good old open world feel. I remember when you were talking so enthusiastically about. Zelda, um, uh, a few was it about a year and a half? About a year, now, yeah, a while yeah. Ago. Just the enthusiasm you had about exploring that world and discovering things, and and taking your time with it as well, and just just you know playing it on your own terms, and that's very much what I'm doing with this game. And what's great is that the game seems to sort of facilitate that hmm. and allow you to to play it the way you want. Like I suppose you could race through it very quickly if you wanted to. And I've not really been shying away from doing missions. I take missions on pretty regularly. I haven't done a lot of like I'm just going to ride off and explore. I've been exploring as I'm as I'm doing things. Yeah, you know? of course. And I think that just reflects the fact that I'm time poor. Um, mm. But but that sense of scale is. I'll just run through some of things I really liked about it. Okay. Okay. First of all, the graphics just ridiculously good. Yep, I've seen some. I've, um, I've seen some videos of this. I don't think it's it's a game that I'm going to be able to play. Mm. Although. I am fascinated by the the, the fervor around it. Yeah, know? I just love seeing people really enthusiastic about this stuff. Yeah, it is like it's got it sold me. You know, I was going in a bit sort of on the fence, like, am I even going to buy this game? And then mm. I went ahead, and I don't know, some part of my brain just like kicked in. I think what it was was I listened to a 
a very inspiring podcast about video games. You may know was the ones. No, no, it definitely wasn't out. <laughs> Game Life Balance US, of course. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I, 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 I felt inspired, so I went out and picked it up and actually got it for 20 bucks off on day one. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. From JB? JB's, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. Course. Um, so that was good. Um, so very good looking game. I mean, I'm playing it on the PS3. For just the, the original PS4, not a PS4 Pro, looks great. Um, the frame rate is probably about 30, and it's it doesn't really ever chug. It feels pretty smooth, but I get the but feeling. But it's still 30. I would probably prefer a bit higher frame rate, but yeah. it's playable. It's fine. Yeah, it's you fine. know, it's I haven't had any issues. Um, what I really liked compared to the just thinking back to the, the previous game. One thing this game seems to do really well is a sense of scale. I think what's really important when you're playing a game set in the Old West and you're out on your own on your horse is you want to feel deeply alone and kind of sort of, you know, that there's this huge wilderness to explore. Yeah. And that you're this tiny little, you know, like pinprick. And and the game at certain points really achieves that. Um there are huge areas of the map where there's just like a huge big desert or a big, you know, field. Yeah. And there's just not a lot going on there. And you might say like, well, that's boring, but actually it, it's really good idea for the um, immersion to it give you... It's realistic, the, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's animals and stuff. Yeah. And actually, I think in some areas, there's probably too many animals. There's one point where I was riding my horse down a road and, you know, the animals in, in the environment... Hmm kind of respond to you and you know usually by running away as animals tend to do when humans arrive but there were so many of them it was almost like one of those scenes from Bambi where like they're like oh the hunter's here and all the animals in the forest just run for it <laughs> I was running along and there's like bunnies running along the side of the road and like deers running down the side of the road and like birds flying and like, <laughs> like every animal in the world is just terrified to shit of my guy well probably probably um, for good reason well I haven't actually done a lot of hunting to be honest uh, but yeah so the, the, the sense of scale is really really good um the other thing is that the immersion is is notched up a few knots not just from the previous game like what i mean by that is that uh like the game does a really good job of making you feel like you're inhabiting the world you're not just running around collecting quests and you know ticking off a laundry list of of stuff to do you can just bugger eyes around and interact with people mm. And, and even animals and, and things in a way that I haven't really seen in games before, I want to say. Like, Witcher was really immersive, but more to do with the quest system they had. Whereas yeah. this game's kind of... It's got this system where you've, you've got this button you can hold down. It's like a context-sensitive interaction button. So you can wander up to a human, and if you hold down the button, it gives you, like, some, it gives you like some options to interact with them. Um, and similarly, if you walk over to, like, a dog... It'll, you can hold down a button. It'll give you like options like pat or scold. You can scold the dog or something like that. Oh, you know? well, don't scold the little dog. Um, and and that system is it's employed in some really interesting ways at different points in the game. Um, the main thing though is with with NPCs where you can like choose to greet them or be friendly to NPCs, oh, yeah. or you can actually there's a button for insult or like kind of like try and get a rise out of them you know now, I, um, I know that there is a morality meter in this game kind of down the bottom that will scale up and back depending on how you interact with others what yeah. you do shooting people and all that kind of stuff yeah so I, and that fascinates me i first used one of those mm. when i was playing i think it was uh, dark forces 2 jedi knight ah uh, yes you had one of those Classic. things we could um mm. you you go Look, I went evil, okay? Of course. Look, of course. You want to force choke I was, I was actually right? playing with um, with um, occasional co-host Elchan, mm-hmm. and we just decided straight up we, we're going to go we're going to go dark side. But even then, sometimes it's 
like like even as like 17 year old teenagers or however we old were like 16 years old mm, mm. it was still kind of hard to shoot like innocent NPCs mm, it was like mm. oh I don't really want to shoot you but I, I really need the I, I really need to go dark side here so yeah. sorry you're just oh yeah oh. <laughs> and they're all dead <laughs> brilliant lightsaber impression there so which, which are you swinging towards at the moment knowing you probably light side goody two shoes look this haven't is, pulled your gun on anyone this is interesting you mentioned this so and this is going to segue into some other stuff I want to talk about. So I'm glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it touches on what I want to talk about with the plot. So maybe we'll talk about the plot and we'll segue into the how that's imp- impacting the way I play the game. Mm. So it's probably helpful to contrast this with the first game. So in the first game, you're kind of a reformed badass. Like you have a, like a, a past of being a really bad person. Yeah. And the character in, in, in the first Red Dead Redemption is very clearly defined as he's trying to do to be a better better man. Yeah. Which always sat weirdly with the options you have in the first Red Dead of to be a terrible person because it's clear that, I mean, he's married, he's got a kid, he wants to settle down, he's, re- he's reluctant to be dragged into all this stuff. So it always felt weird for me to play um, Red Dead 1 in an evil way because it just seemed really dissonant with the character. Yeah. Does that make sense? With this game, they set it up in a way that allows you to be a bit more on the fence. Like you, you can play Arthur in a, as, as a nasty piece of work if you want. Um, but I did, I did get this weird vibe that he is a bit nicer than you might want. And yeah, one of the problems I have with this game is that the gang you're a part of Hmm. at times seems less like a group of hardened murderous criminals and more almost like a cult that do they like, worship the leader is well he's leader he's, is he's like car- a legendary gunslinger or something sort of but they set him up to be like that but what he comes across as more is like a very charismatic man who's kind of inspiring these people and has some kind of like like a philosophy or goals that 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 in that the other members of the gang are kind of drawn towards. So it's not, mm. it's not as simple as we're criminals. Let's go rob a bank. It's, it's more like we believe in Dutch. Dutch is our hero. Dutch is our leader. We believe, you know, Dutch will, he knows what to do. You know, this He'll is sort save of, us. Dutch, I'm sure at Dutch some point, I'm sure at some point that will turn and you'll be on the outs with this guy or something will happen. But, um, you know, I'm still in the early phases of the game and Dutch is, is very much like the man. Um, yeah. And it does feel a bit cult like and the problem with that is that that when you're not you don't feel like a hardened criminal when you feel like someone like almost like a Robin Hood figure is how you kind of feel it does make it hard to just gun people down in the street so but that's probably what they're trying to do that's probably the conceit of the story Mm. is that there probably is a bit of Robin Hoodness there where like you don't they don't want you to play the big hardened badass who's just murdering everyone. They yeah. want you to be a respectable kind of guy. Oh, did you hear the the rumor about these bad guys who are actually kind of doing a bit of good? Out yeah, there as well. it's and, on the fence, and I think yeah. that's smart. Yeah, um, and you don't you don't want to play like just a mm. a morally bankrupt asshole like Trevor, I yeah. suppose. For yeah, the whole yeah, game. no, he's definitely Arthur Morgan is not Trevor. But so what I like about Arthur, there's some good things and bad things about this character. But I think what I like about him is he's He's actually kind of a, like, I don't want to sort of be too pejorative, but he's kind of a dumb brute is, is the character you have. Like, oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's kind of the, um, the muscle for the gang. And there's one mission that I got recently, which is, like, go out and, like, these people owe us money. 
go and get the money from them. And the way you do that is by threatening them and punching them in the face until they give you the money. And he has very little sympathy for them. Hmm. Like the way the ca- way he speaks to them and stuff. You have options like you can like it's literally when you when you grab hold of them, it options like beat for the square or circle is threaten. And I kept hitting threaten, but at some point you have to hit beat yeah, to like yeah, you actually to gotta, really progress. You gotta you gotta So I punched them marks. as less I punched them as few times as I could, but you still end up feeling like a real like real cunt can i say yeah um and the first the first op the first um, interrogation or sort of type moment i had in the game was pretty early on and i accidentally beat this guy to death Ooh. and i feel like that happened really early on in the game and yeah. it kind of set the tone for me because i was punching this guy in the head and then at some point the options change and an option comes up which is like spare but I was so intent on hitting the punch button that I saw it come up and then missed it. And it felt very much like I had accidentally, through my rage, killed him. Oh, wow. So it was like, oh, no, what have I done? Kind of, you know, and it was like he was an enemy, but like kind of, you know, we captured him. I think he was young or, yeah. you know, not really like some sort of evil mastermind or anything. And I punched this motherfucker to death. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm kind of going to play Morgan this way. I'm going to play him as... A guy who has anger issues, who has like... Basically, you set the tone for yourself. Yeah, I think... not necessarily the character. No. So there's a role play there. You you can kind of make Arthur who you want. So I feel like the game's doing a better job of that than the first one. Wow. So segueing into some other things you mentioned, you said like, oh, you're going to be playing this as a really nice guy. So more or less, yes. There have been times where I've helped people out. But recently I was feeling like, you know what? I need... I'm going to be talking about this game on the podcast. I need to explore... All the options. <laughs> so I'll tell you a little story and then we'll wrap it. I won't go much further than this. Okay, I'll tell you a little right. story because uh, I'm probably going to talk about this game next week yeah, as well. Yeah. So story we'll, me up, buddy. So this is my little story. So I raised a fair bit of money mm-hmm. from doing many crimes. Um, <laughs> and because I was, I was, I looked at, there's a nice gun in the store. I wanted to buy a good gun. There was a rifle, some kind of like long range rifle. I was mm. like, oh, I want that. Because I thought it would be really useful to have a, a gun that's, you know, I can hit people from far away. And they cost like a hundred and something dollars, which in 1899 is like a shitload of money. Yeah. So I spent a long time like slowly building up a, 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 a wad of cash. I ended up with like about 150, 125 bucks. Oh, wow. I think it was 150 bucks. It's like sick. All right. I'm going to buy a gun soon. But then I was just doing missions, you know, so yeah. I was like, I'll get around to it. In one mission, it actually took me to a horse dealer. I think it was more of a tutorial mission. Like, they were still introducing mechanics. Yeah. So, it was introducing the concept of, like, buying and selling horses. I went to this dealer. And the mission was, like, take this horse, sell it, and buy a new one. And the options at the horse dealer for horses were there was this, like, cheap horse Mm -hmm. that was actually kind of more of a pony. Ah. Or it might even have been a fucking mule. It was, like, really unattractive option. $25 for this like bad horse and then the next horse up strawberry shortcake would have been very disappointing i know i know right <laughs> poor old strawberry i'm always um i'm always letting her down uh the next horse there's a big gap there's like so there's 25 dollar horse the next one is 125 oh. i was like damn give me like a middle give me like a good middle ground right but i was sitting there umming and ahhing and i was like you know what effort i'm gonna buy the expensive racing horse for $125, I blew all my money pretty yep. much. I had 20 bucks left. Yep. I bought this stupidly expensive but very fast, beautiful female horse yep. that I named Peppers. 
I thought that would be funny. Um, so me and Peppers were going into the world, and we went on a few little adventures. I won't, I won't bore you with the details, mm-hmm. but we bonded, AC, because you can bond with your horse, and the more you bond with them, the faster they they go. Oh, yeah. and more obedient. You can pat what? them and brush them, and that kind of raises their like fondness of you. Yeah, it's so, like looking after a nice car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I brush and pet my car all the time. Um, <laughs> And do other things as well. Hey, hey. I think my brother does, yes. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I've grown fond of Peppers. All right? So <laughs> this was around about the time where I decided that I should explore the negative side of this game and, and start being more of an arsehole. did you? Look, there was one point where I accidentally punched Peppers in the head. <gasps> but that's Peppers, an, that's actually Peppers. one last thing. Okay, remind me to come back to that. Okay. Poor old Peppers. She had a, she's had a rough time. <laughs> so we're, I'm riding to town. Yeah. I think I was going to sell a bear skin or something. And I'm right, and then I see this like a uh, like a wagon coming down the road, and and the guy says something because they they always greet you. And the guy says mm. howdy or something like that, yeah. you know. And the context menu came up, and it was like greet or like insult, and I was like, screw it. So I said like insult, and he was like, <laughs> and I said something like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, Don't say that shit to me or something. And the guy's like, the guy like stopped the wagon, and he was like, what the hell did you say? And I was like, screw it, I'm doubling down, hit circle again. <laughs> And then he was like, he was like, shut the hell, AT. He was like, shut up. <laughs> like, you know, told him to bugger off or something. And the guy was like, he got really angry. And he said something to me like, do you really want to make something of this? And I rode my horse away and he shouted out at me, you chicken shit or something like yellow belly. And then like, oh, I see he's some sort of insult. Nobody calls me yellow. He's some sort of insult along the lines of like, oh, I see that you really, you know, you haven't got the guts to back it up kind of thing. Sorry. I'm fiddling with my buttons, uh, folks. Um... Anyways, so what I did was I rode my horse, I ran away and then rode back and yeah. hit circle again and then rode off again and kept taunting him. And eventually he got so sick of this like terrible behavior that he just shot, he just pulled out his gun and started shooting at me. Of course, where did you so, think this is going to go? So what did I do, AC? Well, I panicked. <laughs> I, I, uh, Peppers got shot. A bullet hit Peppers. Um, and I was like, no, Peppers. So I like ran, I hammered on the X button, which makes you ride really fast yeah. and rode off off-road yep rode straight into a tree oh head first peppers head hit the tree mm-hmm. peppers crumpled up peppers fell ac and peppers didn't get up <laughs> and then a pop-up came up and said um your horse is like is like seriously injured you and basically re- totaled your horse yeah but she wasn't dead she was just lying there terribly injured and this pop-up said like you have to go get this special medicine to like revive your horse expensive mm. like special medicine yeah. I was just freaking out because I just spent all my money on this horse I was like I don't want her to die right and besides I'd bonded with her yeah, yeah. we developed a little bit of a relationship AC so and when you're alone in the prairie you know you get a bit lonely <laughs> anyway so I was like no peppers no I actually shouted out no peppers and I started running running full pelt towards the town that I was mm. heading to to buy the the bear skin just on foot because Pepper, I have no horse, right? I'm just hammering on it. No, Peppers, I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> and I'm just running towards the town. I saw a guy on his horse. I was like, right, I'm going to steal this horse. This is the first time I've stolen a horse in the game. I was like, get the fuck off this horse. I, I need this horse to save my horse. Punched him off the horse, jumped on, rode off. I was like, I'll bring it back. <laughs> Did you say that? No, I, I think you can actually bring the horses back. Oh. If you steal one, but I... 
I didn't actually. No. I didn't. So I rode full pelt into town, like as fast as you can go. Uh-huh. Like, and people were like screaming and yelling, like, what the hell is going Like, you, you create a commotion when you do that. Yeah, of course you do. Like, the NPCs respond. Mm. It's not like Vice City where you can drive your Ferrari down the street at 200 kilometers an hour and like no one bats an eyelid. Like, people are like, whoa, what's going on with this guy? You know, right, right up to the general store, hopped off, didn't even bother like you know to like tether my horse to like a, yeah. a post or anything ran full pelt into the gross into the general store knocking people over like i knocked over this dude on the way into the store just like oh god i saved my horse i'm real sorry <laughs> like, bought the medicine I, I, I marked on the map where peppers was because i was really worried that like if i didn't do this quickly enough she would die yeah bought the medicine spent pretty much all my money on this expensive medicine then got back on my stolen horse rode back to peppers she was still there I revived her. It's a great sigh of relief as she stood up again. I was like, oh, thank God, Pe- I'm so sorry. I was like literally going, I'm so sorry, Peppers. I'll never do it again. Did you shoot the other horse? No, I didn't. I, was, I turned around. I saw the other horse still standing there. Yeah. I was like, hmm. So after I made sure Peppers was okay, patted her a few times to like, you know, kind of apologize. <laughs> Walked over the other horse. The context menu came up, check saddlebags. I was like... Well, while I'm here, I might have already stolen the horse. <laughs> May as well check the saddlebags. Uh-huh. You know, there might be a few bucks in there. You know, cut my losses. Did that, and Morgan walked to the uh, around the back of the horse, and the horse just kicked me really hard. I went flying. <laughs> the horse knows that you're not its owner, ah, right? I went flying. I think I hit a tree as well. Did you die? Pick- no, I just was very badly hurt. Picked myself up, and I was like. All right, I'm leaving you. <laughs> you know what? Fine. You should have shot that horse. I should, probably should have. But that was my adventure with with uh, the, the terrible. I do. Are you still in possession of peppers? I still have peppers. I'm. I'm kind of. After this story, I'm kind of emotionally attached to Peppers now. I, 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 I need to know... She's a beautiful chestnut brown horse. I need to know what happens to Peppers from here on out. Yeah. You can't betray Peppers like you did that time, Robbie. I know, I know. So I, I, Peppers I'm, needs to be protected. What's funny is I think in the first game, like your horse would auto <clears throat> kind of dodge trees. But yeah. obviously in this game, that doesn't happen. Look, in 1903, yeah, maybe. They had that better 1899, no. That's right. There's no collision detection back in, eight, in, the, in the 19th century. Are you crazy? So, yeah. I mean, there's a few other comments I have. Skinning animals in this game is even more gross than in the first game. You actually get to see him, like... Oh, yeah, I've with, seen that. Like, and with, yep. a, with a rabbit, mm-hmm. the best thing is when you kill and skin a rabbit, he holds it up by its ears, grabs hold of its tail, and then just yanks, and the skin just comes off in one, in one swift motion. I shall call um, this rabbit mittens, because I'm going to make a nice... Pair of mittens. The, other, the only complaint I have, other than the, the plot being a bit weird with that sort of like cult like vibe from the gang, yeah. is that um, the control scheme, and I sort of feel like I'm verging into AC territory here, but it's it's actually a little bit too complex, even for me, to the point where wow. I, I make mistakes. Wow. Like, I've pulled out my gun on people by accident numerous times and even shot a man by accident, causing me to have a bounty in a, in a whole like state. <laughs> completely by accident because the context menu yeah. is the same button as pull the trigger oh uh, yeah of course <laughs> one thinks that they probably did that on purpose just to create a bit of drama yeah. in the game because they probably did that on purpose yeah, it's like yeah. howdy bang yeah it's bad because like someone will be like hey how you going and I'm like I just want to say hi to this guy but because I forgot that my gun is out of my holster mm. When you press that button, it just, it just fucking shoots them. So I, I'm finding some issues with just like accidentally doing things, like punching peppers in the head. Things you like mean, that. You, you did mention that. How yeah. did peppers respond to that? Did you lose like she, some kind she, of? Yeah, she did actually, and she was quite scared. And I had to calm her down mm. after it. 
so th- it's funny the way the horses respond to things like that it's pretty cool actually yeah uh, so that's really it I'm really enjoying it but I'm pretty early in you're so in chapter 2 are you? I think I'm in chapter 3 now oh wow okay but um, it's still very early so I'm expecting to, to report back next fortnight with some more Red Dead stories but that's been my gaming I had some other stuff to talk about like mm-hmm. for example Halloween with my daughter um, the fact that our town is almost on fire right now and the fact that I signed my divorce papers yesterday. But look, for the sake of brevity, we might just just pass over that stuff and throw, look, throw to we'll, UAC. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to some of that, I think. Um, I, I haven't been doing a whole lot with my life. Uh, I think I'll, I'll touch on the Halloween stuff in a bit. Mm. As far as uh, my gaming life is going... I haven't been doing a whole lot. I think I always have plans to do stuff. I'm very busy at my work at the moment. Uh, I really need a vacation. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I can feel, I'm getting this vibe from you. Yeah, look, yeah. because I haven't had any time off effectively unless I've been sick. And whenever I've needed to take a sick day, it's actually been, I've actually been sick. It's not the, the great Australian tradition of, oh, I'm feeling sick, cough, cough on a Monday morning. No, it's usually because <laughs> I'm basically dying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they've been the only kind of respites that I've, I've really had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been sick a little bit this year, probably because I haven't had a whole lot of time off because I've had, um, I've been back and forth to Japan a lot in the early part of the year. You probably used up most of your leave doing that. I did. I used up all of my leave and then some. So basically, I've needed to wait until the end of the year to get that leave back. Yeah. And then go over to Japan again because we have obligations over there. Um, However, we have organized a little trip to a place called um, Spa Resort Hawaiians in Fukushima. Okay. Where the um, nuclear accident happened. Oh, yeah. It's like, plant. That name sounds familiar. It does, yeah. Yeah. Because I know that people would uh, would bring it up if I didn't. It's not near, not totally near that area. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, if you think of a massive, this place, and I've been there before, uh, if you think of a massive, like, aircraft hangar. Oh, wow. A really big one. It's basically a water park. Oh, cool. Inside of that. But not only that, it's all warm water. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's, it's like, and there are actual onsens around that area because, you know, volcanic activity, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some really nice, uh, like there's some onsens inside that place and then the rest of the water is just warm, like very warm, nice, like pleasant. Pool, pool water. Yeah, just pool water. And we're going to spend about three days there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm looking forward to this uh, because basically what's going to happen is we need to take May on the plane to Japan and she's been pretty good so far but I get the feeling that when I'm there mm. things the dynamic changes a bit she's very calm around Maria but you're fun daddy but I'm fun daddy yeah and yep. it kind of changes things a bit like you know and I don't want her to be excited I want her to be worn out and go to sleep so I can get some sleep mm. because mm. it's like a, a nine hour flight yeah. after we get there we need to get through customs I need to answer all the normal questions of why is your name Yoshimura and blah, 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 blah. Why are you white? Mm-hmm. And then it's like another three or four hour trip just to get to Guma and Maria's house. Mm-hmm. It's a long, it's a long, long way. Yeah. And then after we get there, we've got a few days to, to kind <clears throat> of catch up and see a couple of people and uh, Maria's grandfather. And then... Uh, where most likely, I say most likely, I'm going to be driving mm. to Fukushima on the expressway. So I, I always get my international license and then I go up there. Uh, 
And that's why I'm looking forward to Hawaiians because after I get there, and Maria has, of course, offered to drive and everything like that. Um, hmm. And I might take her up for it on some of the way, but I also, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm getting used to driving over there and I've saved us from a couple of accidents before. Right. Um, old people over there are very bad at driving mm. and I've saved us a couple of times from that. They're also very very long lived so they're even older than Australian Exactly. <laughs> We're talking people in their 80s who just don't, who swerve all over the road but there was mm. one incident where a, a deer, a literal deer jumped out right in front of the car Jeez. and then bounced right destroyed right in front of the car. Goodness. And it was just my quick reaction times. I'm not saying Maria couldn't do that or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just, I have this thing in my brain where I just think I just need to be focused in control of the vehicle at all times. I've always seen you as a good driver. I don't know whether that's accurate. But I've saved you from an accident I think before. it's just compared to me, anyone is a good driver, <laughs> but I think you are actually a good driver. I do. I do have a... I don't have a, a flawless record, I'm going to say that, but I, I, I have been pretty good, especially in Japan. So mm. um, I, I'm just looking forward to just getting there and just being able to relax. Yeah. And that's not until like late December or mid to late December. So It it's, still it's feels a like a ways off. off. Yeah. yeah. I just mm. need to get through this work here. Um, I've been playing Super Mario Land 2, Six Gold Coins. Ah, I think a Game Boy game. It is a Game Boy game. <laughs> I really do enjoy my Game Boy. <laughs> I just wanted to introduce a bit of, a bit of you know, Creole to this. <laughs> uh, look, it's such a different game. And we talked about it last episode mm. uh, when we were talking about the, the, the uh, bunny ears as a power-up. Yeah. Uh, and I just... That, just mentioning that made me want to go back because it's so different from the first game. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I played six gold coins. It, it, you're like a third of the size of the, or a quarter of the size of the screen, very small screen. Whereas you're only like three or four pixels tall in the first. Yeah, one. I played that one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very very different. The mechanics are very different, but and it's not a hard game. It's pretty easy, hmm. but it is fun. Hmm, okay. It is a good game. It it takes the Mario world motif of you can go to these. It's actually kind of open world in the fact that you can kind of go wherever you want huh. uh, first, and they're all pretty equal in terms of difficulty. There's like three stages in each. You collect the six gold coins. There is a battery backup. Not the first Game Boy game to have a battery backup, but one of them. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So you can save your progress. This is the first game with Wario in it. You get to the end. Oh, wow. And you need to get your castle back from Wario, and that apparently, not apparently, I have actually played it, before but it is a, such a difficult level compared to the rest of the game like mm. the rest of the game the bosses aren't that exciting but the level structure is fun and entertaining mm. but you get to that last castle and it is a slog like they just ramp up the difficulty they really really do they, yeah. they obviously notice that because it's open world everything kind of needs to be on a level-ish playing field yeah that makes sense because you could just go somewhere and find yeah, it really hard and yeah and of course the, the levels get progressively difficult but mm. in terms of like the three levels in each world but not like super difficult and the bosses are, are very easy when you know their patterns yeah so of course they've really ramped it up I've never finished this game before because the last time I got close the battery backup died right <laughs> and I lost my save and I just didn't go back to it so this time I'm playing on the retro freak and I'm just very I've only done two welds so far and I'm just very casually playing my way through it cool other than that I've been playing some game and watch games oh yeah going back to your uh, what have you been playing I've been playing Fire and uh, Cement Mixer. Sorry, Cement Mixer. <laughs> cement Factory. Cement Factory. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've actually got like the like the tabletop version of that as well. Like mm. the kind of the bigger, uh, more arcadey looking version of that. That's that's pretty cool. Right. And Octopus. 
Octopus was always one of those games that I didn't quite get, even though these are all meant to be really simple games. Mm. But the more I play it, the more I appreciate why it's a lot of people's favorite game and watch. Interesting. And I, I do like What's that one about? It's just like you're, you're like divers who go underneath and have to avoid the tentacles uh-huh. to get the treasure and then get back up to the top, and that okay. gives you two points. Nice. Uh, and, yeah, after I got the, the way it works, mm. because I... It's not random, like the, the, the tentacles kind of retract back into the octopus and then kind of, you know, like point out again. Right, so there's like a pattern almost. Yeah, there is. Uh, and the pattern, you can speed up and slow down and stuff like that. But I don't know, I had a bit more fun with that one hmm. this time than I had in previous I always wondered how much those games hold up, like, because they're, they're so not, simple. They're not, yeah, they're very, very simple. They, they don't, I think the conceit with these games is that each one is slightly different. Mm. Uh, like Octopus is is one of the more trickier ones, I suppose. Um, but I really do like the way that they work and and just the aesthetic of them. Yeah, like, like that, that aluminium look, that mm, metal feel is mm. so much better than the Tiger yeah. electronic ones. I played a lot of bad LCD yeah. um, handheld games back in the eighties when I was yeah. growing up. Like, and I I have a lot of nostalgia for those games yeah. even though like they're not good no and I'm, I'm sure that the ones I, I had were very bad but and the game and watch always seemed like the the premium tier they are and I'm not know? saying they're good games but they were good enough that they keep porting them to mm. like they ported them to the Game Boy mm. like they had like the game and watch galleries was there a Donkey Kong Jr. game and watch there was because I, I have think, that yeah I, that I spent a lot of time playing yeah. in primary school that is a good one um, someone I knew had it and I spent a lot of time in like mm. you know recess or whatever playing that um, so yeah and there was uh, I think just like I'm not saying they're great games there was also even a DS Club Nintendo only version which I own oh, wow. which has like uh parachute and octopus on it i think hmm. and it kind of combines the two at one point as well and they're they're just fun little games they're just fun little pick up and plays which i really appreciate when i'm time poor yeah, yeah. i want to play a game definitely i mean that's the classic you don't have to like spend 20 hours to get the sense yeah. to get the gist of octopus yeah, yeah um we had a halloween party as well that's right which we did rob and ruby came to that's it was right very nice it was very very fun actually yeah yeah it was really it was really lovely actually if you guys to sort of host that and, and go to that effort um for the little ones they seem to really have yeah. a good time so. so it was just uh we all kind of dressed up a little bit uh, i went as a, a, a an 18th century fop yes and you're very convincing actually i was it was yes. great actually <laughs> i think we, me and ruby were standing at the door you opened the door dressed that way and you had this sort of grand grand like greeting for yeah ruby I think was I just <laughs> i think ruby was just blown away she's just like this is outside of my experience she was wearing she and ruby was wearing such a cute little princess i think she was the blue disney princess oh yeah she was just we have a cinderella outfit cinderella for her. that's the one yeah yeah i'm not particularly au fait with disney princesses i have to imagine i'm sure i will be soon yeah uh, look yeah little girls have a way of inveiling you mm. in their interests so i've watched a whole i watched a movie about ballerinas last week I so nice um may dressed up as a little witch oh yeah uh, which she didn't like the, keeping the hat on until the end of the night when <laughs> she just wouldn't take it off for some reason but <laughs> Um, we got them we didn't go trick-or-treating outside of the house because we don't really do that so much in Australia although it's becoming a bit more prevalent yeah I've, I've seen I, I went out on Halloween because there was a uh, Halloween party at, at the mm. my child's daycare and just quickly um, there were the sun was still up and there were a lot of uh, groups of children wandering around the neighborhood being sort of closely monitored I would even say being watched like a hawk <laughs> by their parents yeah, so, like you course. see this group of children mm. 
dressed in all sorts of cute outfits and then like maybe five meters behind them a group of adults dressed in very half-assed halloween outfits <laughs> um watching them and it reminded me of just i kind of mourn for this generation in a way because i remember when we were kids ac when i went trick-or-treating in in the Kambar neighborhood that you for a brief period were a part of mm. we were trick-or-treating though. we went out unsupervised <laughs> at, at, at night it was dark and my parents did not like at all worry about me being killed or murdered or anything like that oh they probably killed or murdered (laughs) take your pick (laughs) Um, yeah it's just funny how this fear culture has kind of changed the way that children's childhoods are i guess so but you know that's just you know the the modern world is a a different place than than canberra in 1989 there's a lot more reporting of what pedophilia and bad yeah. shit for kids so like i'm not surprised kids parents are more scared but mm. it's a bit sad to see them you know because you can't egg a house if your parents are right there yeah, you know? the if someone says trick what do you do I'm probably punch him in the nuts i don't know <laughs> so look we we had a great time um uh i'd like to say friend of the show but no hicks turned up enemy of the show, <laughs> enemy of the show. <laughs> hey, I, I will occasionally get a text from him saying hey what the fuck are you saying about me? It was like 30 episodes ago or something like that. Um, so, I don't know. It was just a, it was just a nice night uh, with like a couple of kids, some adults just all hanging out. We were all playing games. We all sang, we all sang Ring Around the Rosie and the kids fell down and they th- uh, thought it was hilarious. Yeah, Ruby actually said to me after that party, yeah. Uncle Andrew's very funny. <laughs> and I turned to her and I was like, all right, look. Yeah. <laughs> funny looking maybe i'm gonna let that one go to the keeper (laughs) but that was it was really sweet because you were playing with her and like she thought she had a great time yeah doing yeah i I love playing with kids yeah it's um look the way the only way that i kind of got into japan uh, into halloween was Mm. because when i was in japan i hang out i was hanging out with a lot of americans and Mm. they love halloween it's like their favorite I think it is their favorite. Their favorite holiday, other than the bit where you blow shit up. Yeah, the Independence. The the movie with um, what's his name in it? Yeah, Gunpowder Day. Yeah, Gunpowder Day. That's the one. (laughs) Anyway, they love that one, but they love Halloween possibly even more. Um, So when I was hanging out with these guys, you go, you got to dress up. So (laughs) the very first Halloween costume I bought was like a, I think it was called a monk cloak, but it was obviously meant to be a Jedi cloak. Right. Yeah. So I got that in a toy lightsaber, and you wore that. That's right. The other day, yeah, like, that was your costume. Because I had no costume, because I I am a party pooper. Hmm. Um, AC supplied me with the Jedi outfit. It was kind of funny on your head because it made you look like a gnome. Yeah, it was funny because like the something about the the, the hood hmm. and the shape of my head, it always looked ridiculous. <laughs> it was pretty it funny. Um, like Obi, you, your face hmm. kind of looks like an Obi, a young Obi Wan Kenobi, but with that particular cloak on. Hmm. You'd miss the mark a little bit. You, you needed to have the like the hood down for yeah. it to work. You and you and McGregor, I ain't. Yeah. Uh. Well, you kind of are, but yeah, not in the acting part. Despite no. the fact you claim to have invented acting, <laughs> I've invented many things. I <laughs> I'm happy to tell the listeners all about them. Maybe another time, though. So, so that was that was a, that was a great kind of. And Maria did most of the work. Uh, Marie just really wanted to have a Halloween party for us and the kiddies. We should probably mention that she was in a Ghostbusters outfit as well. She was. Just to sort of give the credit where credit's due, because, yeah, she did the food. She 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 actually did pies, like meat, kind of like a shepherd's pie, mm. uh, with like, a, like a, a pumpkin face, like a scary pumpkin Halloween-y type 
in the pastry yeah. on the top. And then she made mashed potatoes with like a, a piece of ham, which was meant to look like a tongue and like two blueberries for eyes coming out the top. It's like a mashed potato ghost. Yeah. Yeah. She put in a lot of effort for this. I wasn't allowed in the kitchen. She was like, because she was in the zone. <laughs> she was very much in the zone. It looked really good. Her um, Ghostbusters outfit was... Look, it's a sec. It wasn't the new Ghostbusters. This was about five years ago. She oh, this is oh, was that the sort of the, the reboot Ghostbusters or something? No, no, no. So this Ghostbusters that she had was before that. This uh, is this was a sexy Ghostbusters outfit, right? And when we went to a party, um, it was uh, Mark's party, I do believe. Mm. I went as Superman. I have a Superman costume. Okay, and it, I actually look not too bad as Superman. I got the black hair and I've got like the body built like a barrel sort of thing. You do need to have black hair, and you do mm. need to you need you need, to, you need some. I do have a bit of girth. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Physical presence, let's say. And I was going to wear that on Saturday night, but the mm. problem was that I had the storage, the costume in storage so long it didn't smell so good. and like was, mildewy. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, going, oh, this doesn't feel right. Um, so I just went, you know what? I'm going to go as a fop instead because I have this. Nice. And I, I really enjoy wearing that outfit. It's great. For whatever reason. You know, I, I, and it's funny because my, my immediate thought when I saw you in it mm. was you look... I don't know if you've seen this film, but you look like one of the characters from What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> that sort of New Zealand mm. vampire film. Yeah. Um, it was like very much that kind of like, I'm from a t- I'm from some other time, uh, mm. you know, and, and yeah, that, that, that and vibe. And it got this fluffy ponytail at the moment as well. Which it I works. Really helped. Yeah. yeah, you don't need a powdered wig because yeah. you, have the, you have that hairstyle oh, yeah, I do. already. So that, that was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, and like for, for the original party when Maria bought that Ghostbusters costume I actually made her a Positron rifle like it was like basically made out of like a couple of sticks kind of off-centered with Mm. a couple of like metal parts and I got like a little flashing LED that cycled between red and and blue Mm. that would Mm. flash between it and it looked really cool I can't remember what happened to it but (laughs) uh, we didn't use that the other day but it was it was a lot of fun yeah I'm really really glad that that and, and thankful to both of you for doing that because yeah. it was special. It was, it was, it yeah. was really good. I suppose that uh, brings us to the end now. Um, yeah. You did mention that you have designed your divorce papers. Yeah, that's right. Look, it's been it's been an up and down week for me, um, AC. So unfortunately, I, I don't have a quiz for you guys. Sorry, right. um, but yeah, I do have some excuses along the lines of just some pretty depressing things that have come up this week. Um, like I have known for a long time that that I was going to get divorced. But there's something about the finality of signing the papers Mm. that just crystallizes things in your mind a bit. It just kind of makes it feel more real, more concrete than it, than just an idea or a, or a thought about the future. Mm. Because there's one thing, there's, there's, there's one thing to think about being divorced and another thing to actually sort of, you know, go through the the process. You've done the motions. But we're hopeful that we won't need, that it'll be a fairly smooth process because we're not arguing over property. We're not fighting for custody. It's all very amicable. And the the vibe we got from the um, the family court documents and, mm. and, and website and so forth was that in the circumstance that, that we're in, it should not be too much of a hassle, actually. Um, so, yeah, I had to fill that out. I had to get a... You know, to get get my affidavit witnessed um, by a, by a justice of the peace or a lawyer, which because of where I work, and I'm not going to say where I work, but AC knows, and you know, <laughs> it's do. fun to give people hints. Um, I have plenty of people around me who can do, do that role. Yeah. Um, so so that was a piece of cake. I deliberately chose someone in a work area that I didn't work with. 
Because oh, I just felt like it was a bit too close to the bone to be like, hey, help me with my divorce, please. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's a sensible idea. I like to keep my I like to keep my indiscretions not private, but, <laughs> you know, like a little, like a bit of, you have to work to find my indiscretion. You have to put a bit of effort in, you know. Um, so it's one of these weird things because Rob came and, and, and said that this was kind of all finalized today. Mm. Well, we haven't actually, like, to be clear, the court hasn't, approve the application or anything i just wrote my s- i signed, signed it, it. yeah that's my part it. of the deal and yeah. then meg's gonna sort of file it yeah and so forth I, so. I guess i mean it's kind of more or less finalized from where you guys stand now it just needs like final tick of approval it's basically just making it formal yeah and it's like I, I, I was in this odd position of like what do you say mm. to that is like it's not a, like a congratulations sort of thing but like you're moving on with the next phase of your life it's in that gray area yeah, right it's like it's mm. it's not a good thing but it's not like a bad thing either i think depending on your circumstances case, so right yeah yeah it's, it's very much like dependent if, on that like if you're in an abusive relationship mm. or if your your ex is like a real like piece of work then it could be a cause for celebration potentially but i think the way meg and i broke up and the whole history of that relationship it's 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 a bit more on the tragic side but that being said like we drive each other absolutely crazy and there's just no way that that was going to work out yeah. and i've known for a long time like many many months that, that that there is zero prospect to us getting back together so this was always on the cards um it is funny how like i think maybe, maybe it's just the way my mind works like I'm, I'm okay with things in theory but then in practice it's a different matter like maybe my imagination just isn't very good <laughs> all those video games i've been playing have ruined it um yeah i don't want to dwell on this too much but it was pretty significant event. no it is um, it's you know we are game life balance and and you know this was a pretty significant <clears throat> life event so, so look yeah i don't know well i think i think the best thing you can say in these circumstances is that we will you will keep moving forward totally and it is for the we will all keep moving forward together totally and it it is for the best i really i really do believe that as hard as it is sometimes yeah and seeing the improvements in both meg and i in terms of our general happiness self-esteem even just the way we're taking care of ourselves physical health and stuff like Mm. that has improved so that gives me a lot of confidence if you like or it gives me some some peace of mind that this was the right choice Mm. it's obviously way difficult when you have a kid though yeah yeah i think there's a there's, there's always going to be something there that's always not a clean break no. no and and it's it's pretty tough like a little one Doesn't... and on that bombshell yeah. i think uh i should read the copy and then while i'm reading the copy you can look up what's going on on uh the gonna geek network <laughs> thank you for giving me an opportunity to uh, i'm more about opportunities here buddy <laughs> that's right okay we hope you've uh enjoyed listening to game life balance australia the australian edition of the game life balance podcast you can visit us on the web at game life balance australia Dot com uh, and that's where you'll find links to our podcast feed and our sister show in the US. Now I have a bit of news. I know that um, the US guys haven't been doing a lot lately and uh, that's because uh, Uncle Stabo is in jail for crimes against drugs or crimes for drugs or something about drugs I think. Actually no he's had a kid and uh, he's obviously taking care of said kid. He's now got two of them and um I don't know any more than that. I don't think even Cody knows any more than that. <laughs> um, but what we have said, um, I have said that I am more than happy to do a guest spot on Game Life Balance US whenever Cody needs it. And he has said that uh, in early 
uh, late November, early December. He thinks he has like a, a five-minute spot for me because Cody's a very busy man podcasting away his life with his actual job. But uh, yeah, look out for that. So hopefully they'll get an episode or two out before then. But if not, uh, look forward to me and Cody uh, yarning it up. And that's... Uh, Geez, that could go for a few hours. <laughs> yeah, you too. Yeah, look, it's not... Like, it's good. It's so good. It's so fun working with Cody. Yeah, yeah. He's a... Look... He, he's, he's a good professional. At, he's good he's at podcasting. He's yeah. good at talking on a microphone. The problem is that he and I are in sync on a level. Yeah. And when we synchronize, it, it's just like we, we... It's not like we talk over each other, but we agree with everything each other says. <laughs> And our egos just expand. Look, yeah, there's some similarities between you two. Like, I think the theatre sports background, the sort of that kind of like, how do I say, like being interested in the entertainment world in a way that I'm probably like, we're quite less. extroverted in that way I yeah. think like and I, and I actually try and avoid it but sometimes I can't like sometimes I'm just kind of drawn into that area so I, that's interesting I, I definitely recommend when when slash if that that happens people to check that out but it's also a good reminder to go back and have a listen to Game Life Balance US they haven't posted an episode for a couple of weeks but the most recent one was, was quite good mm-hmm. um, was the interview with the gentleman who makes that wrestling game um, uh, which is called Pro Wrestling X so that was a really interesting episode that was indeed if you're interested in the way video games are made yeah and that's on the Gunna Geek Network yeah speaking of the Gunna Geek Network AC yeah uh, there's a podcast on it that I think is pretty good you know one of these days we should spruik our own podcast and just like read out whatever the, like, the most recent copy was yeah we probably should um, <laughs> that would be great because I don't think anyone listens to us so they wouldn't call us on it <laughs> Oh, it's funny. Funny because actually, the top, the, the the actual top of the list podcast for this mm-hmm. for this uh, this spreadsheet is ours. So, um, yeah, it's funny. Oh God, <laughs> but I won't read how one out. We'll okay. read out. Um, let's stay classy, Robbie. Let's talk about the on the bubble podcast. Okay, yeah. which is not which is not Legends of Shield for once. Okay, <laughs> which is a good podcast. It's a good podcast, but I, I spruked too much, and I promised I wouldn't spruik them for a little no. while. So, so, what do you got for us on the bubble episode? Oh, actually, the episode number or title is Friday Night Lights, uh, episode 29 of On the Bubble. Uh, from early Facebook and light bulbs to eye drops and plastic footballs, the Friday Night Lights fan campaign is one of the more respected renewal campaigns of the 2000s. In this episode, we take a look at the historic fan campaign for NBC drama Friday Night Lights. That is a good show. I just wish. It wasn't about gridiron. <laughs> it was something a bit more relatable. Look, okay, so the reason I like that show is that the, the, the coach in that is the same guy from Early Edition, which is ah. one of my guilty pleasures from the 90s. The guy who gets tomorrow's newspaper today. And I... Yeah. And he won an Emmy for that. It's a good concept. It is. It is such a good concept. He won an Emmy for that show, not for Early Edition. But I do, I do really like that. Um, I just like that actor. Yeah. Sure. So that yeah, that should be interesting if you're into that that show. Obviously, it's got a bit of a cult following. It does. So yeah, uh, yeah. Right, lots excellent. of great shows in the Gun Network. There are some and really all good shows. Some good niche interest shows like that. So mm. I'd I'd wager that that there's probably a show on the Gun Network that caters to your particular nerdy 
preferences. Oh, so um, so do check that Mine out. Mine and yours. Gun and Geek dot com is the url and uh ac we have a website too don't we yeah uh as i've said before game life balance australia dot com oh you already said that <laughs> but it's okay because you can also follow me on twitter at prod tally i you, i know i've been tweeting about rusa yatsara mm-hmm. alum mm-hmm. our uh, favorite green-haired alien uh tiger skin bikini clad girl yeah well she's my favorite green-haired tiger <laughs> skin clad bikini girl <laughs> it's the 40th Does anniversary too she does. Great. Yep. That's my, uh, that's my the, preference. Mine too, trust me. <laughs> it's the 40th anniversary, and that's why I've been doing so much with it recently. Uh, We've had a, a whole bunch of really successful streaming things that I've done recently of the episodes, and it got out of control to the point one night where I actually did my own dub <laughs> of one of the episodes, well, like five minutes of one of the episodes, and it, it was funny, but... Like, if you're wondering why I'm tweeting so much about Lum at the moment, it's because of that. But, like, honestly, give it a watch if you can, because it's a great show. Hmm. Uh, GLB Australia is pretty much dead. <laughs> Mostly because Chad is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who's Chad? Never heard of him. Anyway, rate us highly on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Give Just, us give us five stars at the very least. Well, because This it's... episode ran longer than I thought it would. We were going to do a simple, quick one, but... No, even without the quiz, AC, we... We are, it's it's bang for your buck if Look, you paid we for this. Really overcompensated for you not doing a quiz. Mm. For you not doing a quiz. Yeah, I, I didn't do a quiz. You did not do a quiz. No, I failed. Where there was a lack of quiz. Mm-hmm. Quiz. It was it was uh, conspicuous in its absence. Let's say. <laughs> I was. You know what I really thought? I thought you were going to do a cowboy quiz. No, no, I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> not that clever. Mm-hmm.